What's going on, everyone? You're listening to the My Nation podcast. We got a special episode today dedicated to just looking back at the career and legacy of Texas A&M women's basketball coach Gary Blair. Uh, joining us is the Eagle crew, Travis Brown and Robert Cessna. What's going on, guys? Not much. Just waiting to uh, see basketball, baseball, uh, you know, whatever. There's a lot on and pretty soon track this weekend i mean softball oh my gosh spring is here what's up with you travis just uh crank it along just like c said it's busy time of year yeah it certainly is and coming out wednesday we've got a special section in the eagle dedicated to the career of gary blair uh you know cease i guess just cut to the chase. What's Gary meant to Texas A&M and, and just women's basketball at large? Well, first of all, just look at the national championship. I mean, a program that was dead last as the Big 12's concerned. And I understand the Big 12 was a pretty good basketball, women's basketball conference still is. But when you're last and you look across the nation, there wasn't a pulse. And then you go in and you win a national championship. And, you know, let's be honest, it's one of what top four sports you've got to say with football, baseball, men's basketball. And it's You can debate in some places whether it's softball or whether it's women's basketball. But in most instances, when you look at the national, it's women's basketball. So to win a national title there and to make 15 straight NCAA tournament runs and just the ambassador that he is, he just has to come in here and won. He's come in here and try, tried to win over every person in Brian College Station. Yeah, you know, in this special section, we, we went back and looked at all of Gary's coaching stops. You know, you, you started South Oak Cliff to Law Tech, SFA, Arkansas. You know, Cease, you talked with a ton of people uh, from Gary's different stops. You know, what were some of the common themes about Gary? that people had to share and, and how he became the coach we all know him as today. Just, just who he is. He's been so much to the game. He's allowed people to be themselves and he's always gracious about the opponent. He always brags up uh, women's basketball. I've got to, had the pleasure of covering him and I always remember he'd lose, lose an NCAA tournament game. You see Coaches would be, have a rough time gathering themselves. They blame the officials. They do a lot of things. Gary would always praise the other coach, and no matter who it was. And you think about it, and I always go back when when Oregon coach now, who is uh, boy ceases bad with names, but you know when he was at Gonzaga and his way up, that was a big deal for him to beat Gary, and then for Gary to go ahead and brag. He's bragged on all those coaches. And uh, you can say his nose grew a, a little a few times because they, they just weren't that great or whatever. But Gary is always going to find the best in everyone. And I think that was a common theme. People would say that along with he was such a great salesman because he was going to make you like his product whether you wanted to or not. You know, Travis, one of your stories focused on Gary's time at Arkansas. You know, from talking with people there, how, how did that coaching stint really springboard Gary into becoming a, a Hall of Fame coach eventually? Yeah, I mean, Arkansas was uh, the first shot that he had at kind of the major stage. Before that, he was at La Tech and he was at 
SFA and and from what he said, two places that that they were able to make winners out of, but just weren't, of course, going to have the same kind of resources that Arkansas had. And and that he proved that he was going, he was able, and his staff was able to do it not only at kind of that mid-major level, but they were able to do it at the high level. And um, I, I think that it is uh, it is pretty telling that. Well, the year that they made the final four run, they did have a lot of seniors and it was a team that was pretty veteran heavy. Um, I don't think anybody necessarily expected them to make that kind of run. Uh, and it, it kind of just falls a little akin maybe to the, uh, the national championship run that he had at A&M uh, a couple of years later in just that they, they, they were, they were the it team. They had the, uh, they had the, the girls that that had just that drive, and and I think that came a lot from the coaching staff. But that's also kind of where um, his coaching tree uh, really started. Where you uh, later Kelly Bond White would join on. You had that's where Vic Schaefer joined on uh, a lot of those guys, and so that that kind of legacy that that Gary left on uh, women's college basketball. A lot of times, a lot of pieces of that were really forged there when he was at Arkansas winning the WNIT making it to the final four and, and going to several NCAA tournaments while he was with the Razorbacks. Yeah. You know, Travis, you also wrote about Gary's impact in the community here in Bryan college station. You know, I guess for both of you, Travis, you can go first, but what, what, what do you think Gary's really meant to the community here, here in Bryan college station? I, I think that there is uh it goes beyond just what's happened on the basketball court. I think that Gary Blair has uh, for, for as good of a coach as he is and what he's been able to do on the court. Um, he has proven himself even more as a marketer, as a community member, as a guy who will go out there. I mean, one of the funny stories we heard was the fact that just days after he got the job here from Arkansas moved down, he was already going door to door to the houses in his neighborhood and pulling in different people from his staff to help introduce themselves, hand out tickets. And he knocked on a door once and the door opened a lady answered the door and he goes, well, hi, I'm Gary Blair and I'm the new women's basketball coach. And, and the woman stopped and said, I, I, I know who you are. And he goes, Oh, well, well how, how do you know who I am? And she goes, I'm, I'm Shelly Metcalf's wife. This is our house. We're, we're, we're going to support you, you know, like, and, and he w was not afraid just to go knock on anybody's door to show up to any restaurant. I know Steve Miller, his old SID and now one of the uh, associate athletic directors for facilities um, mentioned that, that, you know, he doesn't even like going to go th drive through places fast food because he wants to go in the restaurant and build relationships and hand out tickets and make sure people are there. And, and he wants the first time that you go to an A&M women's basketball game to be on his dime uh, so that when you come back and you've had so much fun, when you want to come back, you'll, you'll spend your money uh, and want to support the team that way. And it's a, it's a strategy that's worked. And then you go on to his community um, service and what he's been able to do with the special Olympics and the, the, uh, the, 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 the park for, for, for all kids uh, there in, in college station and everything he's been able to do there. He's made probably even a bigger impact on the Bryan college station community than he necessarily even has on the basketball court. And that's saying something for a hall of famer. Yeah, you know, I, I got a chance to speak with some national and state writers about Gary's career and legacy, and everyone really seemed to come back to that 2011 season. You know, Cease, you, you were covering the Aggies then. You know, what are some of the key moments that you remember from that season, uh, one that really is cemented in Aggie lore? Well, you got to start out with Baylor. I mean, Baylor was the defending national championship. They'd Brittany Grider, they'd Kim Mulkey, and because – Kim Mulkey and Blair were together at SFA. Uh, you could say it was like 
a little sister, big brother. Uh, man, they're, they're great competitors. Uh, I always loved covering the games with Kim Mulkey and Gary Blair. Different personalities, but both, man, they wanted to win so bad. And, uh, you know, AM lost the first three games. It's well documented. That was a good team, but it looked like AM was going to come up second best to Baylor, and that was going to be okay because they would go in different regions. And lo and behold, you know, you could see that you could almost knock off Gary and the players when at the selection committee, they were placed in the same region. It was almost like a kith of death. What was the NCAA doing? And, you know, A&M took the positive approach and said, well, you know, you know, this will be our time. And you really wondered if it was because they lost three times. There was no doubt Baylor was the best team in the regular season. And Gary even said that when you, when you read our, our stories this, this week. Uh, in, in the section coming out, but the bottom line is AM had gotten better each game. And then the Dallas regional, when you go up there and it was like probably 60% Baylor fans, cause they bought those tickets ahead of time, knowing that Baylor was going to be the number one team in the re- regional. You go to your closest geography in, in men's ba- women's basketball at that time. I don't know what it is now. Maybe still be that way, but they're going to go to Dallas. So A&M, A&M fans had to get what was left and up on the second deck. So it was a, really a home game for uh, Baylor, and AM just jumped all over them. Sidney Carter, who's now on Gary's staff as like director of ops or something along those lines, at the game of her life, 22 points. Uh, Danielle Adams, she's worth the whole story in herself. Uh, you know, she, she not only was a great offensive player, but she played her best defensive game that time against uh, Griner help with Adora Lanu. Bottom line is they just manhandled, uh, you know, uh, Baylor, and it went back to their point guards because Carter and Sidney Colson were seniors. And we'll never forget walking in and the losing coach goes first. And you could have fried eggs on Kim Mulkey's head. You could do that at any time when she loses a game. And somebody asked her, well, do you think she had Odyssey Sims, who's still in the WNBA, great player, but was a freshman. And someone asked her, do you think, uh, you know, point guard play was the key? And, and her summer answer was like, what, what do you think? Are you going to ask Gary that question? Ask him that question. Because, you know, Gary had the two seniors. And, uh, you know, he did. she did co- compliment. It was That was the key, having senior leadership. Then I wondered, would they win if they went to the Final Four? Because you had Connecticut. Uh, you know, it was waiting Stanford and they still had some more, you know, top seeds to deal with. And let's be honest, they got there. That was so much, but no, they went and played better than they did against Baylor. And the bottom line is they won a national championship. That was a special team. And to quote Gary, uh, I hope I answered your question, Alex. I rambled there and, you know, sorry for rambling, but uh, what, what was the question again? Something about the national championship season. Well, everybody's oh, okay, got okay. everybody. Everybody's got a Gary story. Um, you know, Gary's just such a quotable, notable guy. You know, what what's some of y'all's top favorite maybe moments or interactions with Gary over the years? Travis, you can go first. Yeah, I think uh, in, the, in the season or two before the pandemic, one of my uh, favorite notes was just having a side conversation with Gary uh about his golf game because we all know gary loves playing golf and member out there at traditions club and he's a he he has a sandwich named after him out there a ham and cheese sandwich so uh he's he can always find him on the golf course if it's off season 
And uh, someone was asking him about what kind of clubs he was using. And he said, well, he had his old clubs, but he got some new ones. And he's not sure if he's liking them. So he would just, he, for, for about a summer, he was taking a golf cart out and putting two full bags of like 32 clubs on the back of the golf courts and just hitting all of them just to see which ones he liked. And I think that's just so Gary to, to, to just have a, a golf cart weighted down with golf clubs, just to figure out which ones he likes there out on the course uh, doing that. That that's one of my, that's one of my favorites up there. Cease, I know is going to have a lot better ones. I am, I believe going to have a lot better ones. Most of them I can't say. Because yeah, I, I'm in that. I'm in that 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 uh, space too. Gary's old school in the fact that he still trusts riders, so he goes off the record with me many times about a lot of things, and you respect that in a coach because those days are gone because of cell phones and everything else, and you know you worry about your reputation. Gary was Gary, and that's what makes sports what we're missing today because people can't be themselves around the media because a good example, I was thinking the one that I can tell that you couldn't tell today, but he told back then or going back maybe 10, I don't know, 15 years, but Gary says a lot of times you go back and listen to those tapes, you probably would get in trouble. So one time after a game and uh, one player didn't play that well and Cease being Cease was I guess kept prodding him about why that player played so bad. And finally, Gary's there, and of course, take recorders or one or whatever. And he said, like, well, you know, she just, she da, da, da. and it was a bad time of the month. Okay. And we're like, oh, okay. You know, but Gary would just speak his mind. As far as another thing that I can say on the record was when I first started covering him, you know, this is Gary again. I don't know where I was. And my wife called. And said, hey, Gary Blair is trying to track you down. Gary Blair got my wife's cell phone number somehow before she he got mine. This was early in our relationship. And he called my wife to tell her that I needed to call him. So, you know, Gary is that kind of person that he just, you know, he'll do anything for you. But he expects a lot out of you. He expects out of media, he expects it out of everyone. And that frustrates him at times. Because no one works harder. He's, what, 76 years old, and he's coaching today harder than he probably did when he was 20, 20, 28, or 20, 29, whatever it was when he started. Well, any final thoughts from you guys? Travis, take it away. Yeah, the, the biggest point that stuck out to me when I'm talking to a lot of these people, and especially a lot of the female athletes, is the fact that this this is really kind of the the turning of the page of an of an era because there's not Gary is the last of these head coaches that were around and, and really got their start because of Title IX and when that really started to form and and you started to see women's sports forming and, and collecting we're already on the second or maybe even the third generation of women's basketball coaches since that that kind of landmark decision that opened those doors for some of those women athletes and, and Gary was right on the cutting edge of that I mean it's it's fascinating to know that he was a baseball player um, that went and coached softball that, that became a Hall of Fame women's basketball coach. And that's because some of those doors were just starting to get open then, not only to um, those female athletes, but to some of these coaches to be able to coach 
those female athletes. And um, it, it really is kind of the end of an era, not only for Gary Blair, but for that first generation of coach that really um, saw doors open for females because of the passing of Title IX there in the early 70s. Yeah, Cease, and one, one hey. question to add to you, you know, how, how big a shoes is the next AM women's head coach going to have uh, stepping in after Gary? Well, Jake, let me ask the first question before I the second one. But correct me if I'm wrong here, Alex. Another great Gary, Gary quote. And a lot of times he was wrong. Davis of the Dallas Morning News, people didn't know who it is. That's one of Gary's favorite lines goes, correct me if I'm wrong. And one of those press conferences, Gary said that about it three times. We walked out and Brian Davis grabbed me and goes, okay, Cece was wrong three times. And Gary's just was, was, a, was a sports writer's dream. But getting back to a couple of things that I want to point out, really tough him going out this way in one regard. This will be his worst season since the second year here when they went to WNIT. He might, he's probably going to have a little better record or, or right even, but everything was on the upswing then, so people were excited. Right now, this A is a tough way to go out but B what I see in it you realize how much you needed to appreciate Gary Blair in 15 straight NCAA appearance because this is still a real bad place for women's basketball they don't they don't go out and support him like he should you consider all the salesmen he does what if this was Stanford Tennessee I, I get it it's not but he deserves better crowds than what he's gotten and now everybody's saying like what's wrong with the team well it's always been a great program. You don't know what you're going to miss now that he's gone. And touching on something that Travis said, Gary was a pioneer when I was talking to Sonia Hogg, got to talk to a lot of different people at this time. And, of course, she gave him his start in Louisiana Tech. One of the things that impressed her was, to quote her, you know, Gary was, was successful in a girl sport. A lot of women – didn't like the fact that men were coaching, you know, as, as they came up, you can go back to final, the last final four or whatever it was when Muffet from Notre Dame, when she was talking about who would Tennessee hire or whatever, you know, she said, they'll make the right choice and hopefully it'll be a woman and get it. You know, you got to stick up for your, your, you know, but Gary was able to win in a girl sport. And so I, I think that that's very important. And Gary, just a trendsetter a thousand times, big shoes to fill. You betcha. Because not only that, now you're taking over a program that's having a crappy year. Let's be honest. You're not taking over, uh, you're not taking over something that's really smooth. Unfortunately, it's just the way it is. I thought this team was good enough to get to the sweet 16 when they got all the parts but you know what? It hasn't worked out. This is not a good team. And that, that's that's a sad reality of it. But you know what? He's had 16 good ones before it. So when's the last time I got 16 out of 17 right on anything? Never. These, uh, you know, I'm going to put you on the spot here because this is going to be just kind of picking your brain. But, you know, you look, he started his career at South Oak Cliff in 1973. I believe this year is the 50th anniversary of Title IX in, in uh, 2022. Um, of those coaches that would have been able to say that they got their start right there at the beginning of that wave of Title IX, 
is Gary the last? I, I couldn't believe that there would be that many still around coaching that 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 really got their their grasp on it at the beginning of of, of Title Nine. No, we went and looked at this last time. He was the oldest women's basketball coach, and I think he's the oldest men's basketball coach. Last year, we looked it up in Division One. Uh, some of these other guys are in their late sixties or whatever, but Gary at seventy six is by far the oldest. And, and so you're right. I mean, and if we're wrong, correct me if I'm wrong, go ahead. But uh, we looked that up and even Gary talked about that. And, uh, but you know, touching a lot of things I, I did in one story, I wrote, you got to remember uh, Pat summit, when she got her head coaching job, first head coaching job, she was 22. Gary was 40. So you consider he's won 852 games. What if he'd have started earlier in his career? He'd be well over a thousand. He'd be in the Naismith. He'd even be more honored than what he is. But I give Gary credit. He made up for lost time. Andy Landers, one of the greatest coaches, you know, ever, also in women's basketball, whatever. He's 64. He's been retired for like seven years, whatever. And, and Gary's been what Gary's been able to do at a later age also is very impressive. No one outworks him. The guy's 76 years old. Well, thanks for joining on today and uh, listening to just a little reflection on Gary Blair's career. Be sure to check the Eagle uh, Wednesday's edition for our special section on Gary's career and legacy. And uh, Cease, I believe we're going to be passing out some limited copies at the game on Thursday. Is that correct? As fingers crossed. Okay, that's the plan. I was waiting on that call, though. I hope going this. That's the plan. And, you know, I am a little bit older in the tooth as well. And I got to give kudos to Fred there as he picks his nose, Alex Miller. It was his idea to do this, you know, Zoom with Blair's final game coming up on Wednesday because I didn't think about it because it went in one ear and out. It's a big hole up there. So thanks to Alex Miller. Holy cow. He's, but he's learned from some of the best Travis. Oh, well, that's going to conclude this episode of the Magination <laughs> podcast. Be sure to check the Eagle.com for all of our coverage on Gary's career and legacy. And uh, we'll be back soon talking more things, a sports.